0: What's up, everybody? This is you, buddy, The Greatest Show on Dirt, coming to you live from the Sweet Beast studios. I'm your host, Quentin. We are about to talk some baseball today, my friends. We are like 30-something days out from pitchers and catchers reporting. That shit better hurry itself up now, man. Like, I can't refresh Google and MLB.com and all of that crap enough just trying to figure out any sort of, like, hit of baseball that I can in my arm. That can keep me from wanting to live another day, man, because, like, I'm hurting over here, guys. Like, it is awful, dude. Like, the baseball offseason is a snooze, man. Like, Machado and Harper still aren't signed. Like, I got on ESPN.com the other day, and the top story, like, okay, so you know when you go to ESPN.com and it has, like, the top story, and then below it, it has, like, a line list of rundowns of, like, shit that's happened, like, signings and big news. Right, so below, like, the main story, the number one line listed, like, link you could click on was Luke Farrell, son of John Farrell, signs with the Texas Rangers. That was the top story. And I'm like, what's wrong with this situation right now? Like, when you've got Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and J.D. Real Muto, like, may or may not be traded, like, we don't really have a clue, but He's like Sandra Bullock on Bird Box, like, trying to get out of Miami. He obviously doesn't want to be there, but they won't let him leave. And, like, Luke Farrell, he was a Cub last year, dude. I watched the guy pitch. He sucks, and that was the best story, dude. Like, I'm dying over there, man, so we don't really have much going on yet. But, you know, we're going to figure some stuff out right now, man. Also, shout-out to my boy Sean Meekord, man. He wins the sticker pack of the week. Um, Sean's from my hometown, man, avid St. Louis Cardinals fan and um, he's going to get about four stickers, so we're going to mail them out to him. So shout out, Sean, dude. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, man. Um, Dude, I really appreciate it for sure. So we'll get you some stickers out. And if you guys, um, if anybody else wants stickers to the show, man, all you got to do is leave us a review on Facebook. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And if you screenshot that review and just send it over to us, Um, it's got to be like a good review, dude. You can't honestly like you can't give us two stars and me give you stickers. Like even if I suck, like please lie to me because I figure it like this, man, this is a fair deal. If you've listened to my podcast and if you give me a good rating on the podcast, I'll send you stickers. So like this may be bribery, but like I'm not being pulled over. Like you're not a cop. Like, so yeah, I'm going to bribe you for five star reviews, man. So like Dude, just leave me a five-star review even if you hate me, man. And I'll send you some stickers, dude. And the stickers, like, the stickers come in pretty handy, man. Like, I send you four stickers and, like, you know that dent in the side of your car when you hit that pole backing out of that parking spot and you were like, where the hell did that pole come from? And then your wife yells at you because she's like, the car's got a backup camera, dumbass. How did you hit that? Well, you can put a, a Greatest Show on Dirt baseball sticker over it and guess what? You've won. Fix the dent without having to spend thousands at a paint removal place. And on top of that, your car looks really good because the stickers are great, man. They're waterproof. They're rust-proof. They're dent-proof. Like They're great-proof stickers, man. They're not 100-proof stickers. I wish they had whiskey in them, but they don't. But they're phenomenal stickers, man. And if you get one sticker, guess what? I'll send you three more, all for the price of one review. It's going to be great, man. Get your stickers, dude. All right, let's talk some baseball. Okay, so with the scoop, man, there are guys that haven't signed, and really the dudes we care about are Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Dude, they're the free agents that keep me up at night. They're the free agents that got me checking my phone at 3 a.m. when I can't fall asleep. Like when I'm on the toilet doing my thing for like 35 minutes, it's because of Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Otherwise, the thing would be done in two minutes. So you understand what I'm saying, right? So check it out. First and foremost, like, I think right now a lot of people truly believe that Manny Machado might actually go to the Chicago White Sox, dude. And for me, man, that's kind of like a dark horse situation because you feel like, obviously, Rick Hahn, that's the Chicago White Sox GM, dude. He's done a phenomenal job with the rebuild, man, with the trades that he's made. He's gotten a ton in return, man. Like, the moves that he's made have not brought back. Any sort of short return, man. They've done great with what they got, man. For example, they dumped Jose Quintana, who's not a good pitcher, and got Eler Jimenez, who's a really good outfielder. He's a left fielder, and he can hit bombs. I think last summer he uh, pulled the whole natural and hit a – he broke some lights out in left field. You know, like the really high lights? Yeah, he hit a baseball to him. <laughs> they're freaking high, man. So the guy can rake, dude. And, I mean, you know, the, the, yeah, dude, they're just – The White Sox, man, done it it right. But you never look at the White Sox to say like, dude, like the White Sox will spend money like once. Dude, one time in the history of like the Chicago White Sox, have they signed a player that was the highest paid player in all of baseball, which was the Albert Bell contract in like 95. So when the good guy signed Albert Bell, he was the highest paid player in baseball at that point. But, like, the White Sox aren't really known for that, man. They're they're in the AL Central, and there aren't really teams in the AL Central that you look at as these huge market big spenders. But I think the White Sox could really do it because this inherent in this rebuild is a low payroll, which means, like, they have big money to spend. And Chicago can drive fans out, man. White Sox fan base, dude, they're rabid, man. They're good fans, dude. So, You got to figure it can happen, and dude, my favorite thing about the Chicago White Sox going after Manny Machado is the Chicago White Sox are aiming to sign Manny Machado's whole damn family, his whole friend base. The Chicago White Sox are about to turn this thing into a freaking family reunion. I'm talking matching shirts. Put some ribs on the grill, brother. Get some cornhole ready. Like, let's crack some Coronas. Let's do this thing, dude. Because family reunions are the shit, man. You love it, dude. During the summertime, you're grilling, you're drinking. And John Jay, who's one of Manny Machado's really good friends, just so happened to sign a one-year $4 million contract with the Chicago White Sox, right? Yonder Alonso. Manny Machado married Yonder Alonzo's sister. They're brother-in-laws. Well, guess who the Chicago White Sox signed? Manny Machado's brother-in-law, Yonder Alonzo. So the White Sox are filling it up not only with a well-priced offer, because you figure it like this, dude. If you're the White Sox and you match or maybe beat a little bit of an offer from, like, the Yankees or the Phillies or whatever, any of these big market teams, because Chicago's so under the radar, dude, you have to. You've got to turn this thing into a family reunion, and I think that's what can do it, man. Like, seriously, it'd be the greatest thing ever. And, you know, there's a lot of benefit, one, of having your family on your team. Now, I've thought about this. Now, check this out. Now, the White Sox, even though they've got John Jay, Manny Machado's best friend, and they've got Yonder Alonzo, Manny Machado's brother-in-law, I really firmly believe Manny Machado's mother-in-law Rosa could play left field. Hear me out. Hear me out. She For real, put her in left field. Have you seen Adam Ingle for the Chicago White Sox play center field? He can jump over the fence. He's such a good center fielder. I figure it like this. If they want to close in on Manny Machado, they sign Manny Machado's mother, Rosa, put her in left field, shift, depending on who's batting, because Lord knows we're not going to outlaw the shift, Even though we probably should. (laughs) You shift your outfield over knowing that Adam Engel can cover so much space. And bam, you've done it. You sign Manny's mom to the league minimum, $580,000. Put her in left field on a daily basis. Shift Adam Engel over. Let him do his thing. Guess what? Adam wins a gold glove. And Manny Machado has clean undershirts, underwear, and socks for the whole damn year. It's going to be the best. When the 4th of July comes around, you're going to have Manny's mom in the dugout cooking up a storm. This will legit, legit be like a family reunion, man. And plus, plus, Manny's mom will be there to make sure he doesn't go kicking any first baseman or second baseman or you know, grab his crotch to the fan base. Manny's mom will be there to keep Manny in line, which I think is a great thing. I I think that was one of the questions of, like, hey, is Manny going to hustle, and will he stop kicking defenders, right? Well, if you've got Manny's mom there, Manny's mom will tell him to hustle. You can't say no to your mom. You know, it's a Latino family. Mom rules, man. This is what you have to do. (laughs) Like, sign the mom, man. I think it can be done, 100%. Yeah, and then the way I figure it, too, if you've got – Manny's mom in the clubhouse she'll make sure ESPN doesn't forget the Chicago White Sox in their 2005 World Series victory or that Frank Thomas is a I don't know Hall of Famer I mean those are all pretty big things you know I got a few more questions about this so like his mom doesn't really have to feel that well I wonder if his wife's I don't know if she's athletic at all like a lot of athletes marry other athletes so that could be huge um but the White Sox men, I think they can make a play on him, dude. I think they need to take him out to eat pizza. If I'm fairly certain, if they took Manny Machado to Al's Italian beef, Al's number one Italian beef, and let him eat there, I, th- I think you'd get him in, man. You know, and I think they just, you got to look beyond the money and figure out like what Manny would want. You know, like I think you should have like an in dugout barber for Manny Machado. Manny Machado is like the Uncle Jesse. Of Major League Baseball. He loves his hair. Right now, he's got like the side shape with it long on the top. Sometimes he gets a fresh fade. Like, these are all good things. You know, I think Manny Machado should have a Vespa to cruise around town. You know, like a little Vespa scooter, man, to just kind of go to Ital- Al's Italian Beef. He can go to l l Tavern where John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer would drink beer and relax. Like, these are historic parts of town. l l Tavern, man, my friends, if you're in Chicago— L&L Tavern's your place, dude. It's the best place to watch baseball games. Like, I'm super—I like to watch baseball in, in the most simplest form, dude. Like, a lot of times when I watch a baseball game, I swear to God, I get out my baseball cards, and I look at baseball cards while I watch baseball. And what even makes l Tavern better is they're a cash-only establishment. You can get hams and old style for, like, two bucks a pop. And um, they have tube televisions. No flat screens, no projectors, none of that shit, man. It is like a 27-inch Emerson tube TV, like two of them, like in the corner up on the wall. It's the best thing ever, and that's the way it is, man. I always say this, I swear, like every podcast, dude, when baseball season starts or if you're bored right now during the off season, dude, go to YouTube, strike up like an old baseball game, like one I was watching the other day was Nolan Ryan's fifth no-hitter when he was with the Astros and it's the best game ever because the announcers are like the way they announce the game is even different you get more crowd noise the the look of the game man because it was recorded like in the 1980s like it doesn't look crisp and clear like it does now it has like this vintage raw like dirty feel and that's I think why a lot of people might be a little disappointed in baseball now is it's not like rough on the edges like it used to be then when with Lenny Dykstra, you know, with a big old thing of chaw hanging out of his mouth, dude. And if you do that, man, go to YouTube, and gear you up an old old game on YouTube which you can find just search your favorite team or whatever the heck it is and dude run you out some baseball cards and knock it out man it's awesome but take him to LnL tavern dude Manny Machado should go man it's not really hard dude if if the white Sox will just use what they have to sign Manny Machado and what they have to offer it'd be a pretty big deal and I got to thinking about it dude and I was like well what would I want if I was a baseball player because I would I would turn down a certain amount of money for luxuries. During a 162-game season, when you're on a grind and for seven or however many months of the year, you're playing baseball, all 162 games, every game you barely get a day off, like four days off a month, right? What are the things I would want? So I made a list, and I made a list of things that I would want if I was a major league baseball player and a team wanted to sign me, and maybe they couldn't offer me the brightest lights in the biggest market because... I, I like to live a lavish life. Like, I, I love beautiful things. I love great things. I love great tasting food. So, And I love conveniences, man. So, he, so here's a little list that I wrote. My number one demand would be to have a breakfast bar. Yeah. Now, I would want the breakfast. <laughs> yeah, hell, yeah, I want a breakfast bar, many you nuts? Biscuits and gravy on it, pancakes, French toast, sausage, no turkey sausage. Keep your turkey sausage. If there's one low-fat thing on the breakfast bar, nope, contract's null and void, man. I want grease and gravy. I want gravy thick as molasses. I want gravy when I eat it. It immediately clogs my arteries 95% of the way, and I got to get a stent put in. I'm not messing around, uh, YOLO. You only live once. Ever heard of it? Yeah. that's what I thought. So check it, man. I want a breakfast bar. Not only do I want a breakfast bar in the clubhouse, I want accessibility to the breakfast bar while I'm in the dugout during a game. Because think of like this, man. A baseball game now, since Rob Manfred, he's got them lasting forever, dude. A baseball game lasts three, four hours. Bro, how many times could I be hungry in three to four hours? Listen. All I do all baseball season long is sit on my couch and watch baseball and eat. That's it. So during one four-hour game, hell, I bet I eat six or seven times. That's a guarantee I've got six or seven plates of food. And I'm not even playing. I'm not moving, right? I'm sitting like a slob on my couch, not doing shit. So you got to figure if you're playing baseball— Bro, you're really playing baseball. It's hot outside. You're moving. you got to run to the outfield, to the infield. Dude, when I run to my car because it's cold, I get a cramp in my side, like a sharp pain, and I get out of breath. So think of how hard they're working, right? So I would want that breakfast bar, right? When the fifth inning comes, if I want chicken and waffles, guess who's getting chicken and waffles? This guy right here. Maybe I want biscuits and gravy in the seventh inning when— my reliever's coming in to close this thing down. You know, my setup guy's coming in because, one, maybe I'm a little stressed and I like to stress eat. And then, two, I just so happen to love biscuits and gravy. Like when I go to Cracker Barrel, I order biscuits and gravy as my meal. What sides would you like, sir? Uh, two sides of biscuits and gravy, please. Yes, you heard that right. I want biscuits and gravy with a side of biscuits and gravy. I know what I'm about. Don't mess with me. That would be great, man. Maybe I need protein halfway through the game. Maybe I want some sausage, sausage patties. I'm not a link guy. I'm a patty guy. You understand? Maybe I want bacon. Uh, yeah, bacon, you know. But then my trainer says, well, Quentin, don't you know that bacon is high in fat? And you know what I tell the doc? I said, doc, the body runs on three macronutrients. Proteins, carbs, and fats. Fats are underrated. Fats do not get enough love in one's diet. So, guess what? You might give me a breakfast bar and I might win the triple crown, right? That's what I'm saying. Second of all, I would want a bullpen go kart, right? So, bullpen carts, they're getting to be pretty popular. And I would want a bullpen go-kart. Dude, I love to ride a go-kart. I was just on eBay pricing out go-karts the other day because when I was a kid, I never had a cool power wheel. You know what I'm saying? And to fulfill that void as, as an adult human being, because that's all I do in my life is fulfill my void. Usually it's via whiskey. But if you could get me a bullpen go-kart where I could just drive a go-kart around, it would be amazing. You know, and that's what I want, dude. I for sure also want a Vespa, you know, to cruise around town, dude, uh, because I'm going green. Ever heard of going green? Give me a Vespa so I can cruise around town and see all the sights. It's amazing. My girl could be on the back, and she could hold on to me tight with the Vespa roaring. Yeah, guess what? Who's getting a grandbaby now, Mom? You're welcome. Thank the Vespa. But check it, dude. Also, what I want, this is a huge, huge request. If I was signing with a baseball team, I After every game, no exceptions. I don't care where we're at. I want a cooler full of Orange Crush, and then I want the whole team to get in the back of a pickup truck and drive to Dairy Queen for after-game blizzards, whatever you want, dude. That's what I want. I want an Oreo chocolate chip blizzard post-game, and it has to be done exactly like that. The game's over. You go do your good game. After that, we enjoy Orange Crush. You can put some A&W Root Beer in there, Orange Crush and Root Beer. We enjoy those in the dugout via an ice-down cooler that one of the moms brought, ideally Manny Machado's Mom Rosa. (laughs) And then after that, we all get in the back of a pickup truck, and we ride in the back of the pickup truck, no matter how unsafe that sounds no matter how expensive of baseball players we really are, get your ass in the back of the pickup truck, drive to Dairy Queen, let's eat blizzards. Huge, huge deal. Now, my last demand, I want an assortment of Crocs with tube socks. Yes, I'm talking Crocs, the the shoes that nurses wear, Crocs, the ones that you slide on, yes. Listen, dude, okay, check it out, man. I'm 35 now, dude. I turned 35 in October and I'm going to let loose of my life, man. I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my grandpa. I want to live in comfort, right? I want to go outside in my underwear and let my dog pee, which I do now. Because 25-year-old Quentin would be like, oh my gosh, you can't go outside in your underwear. What are you thinking? But 35-year-old Quentin – has let his restraints down, and he is going to face the world and show the world who he really is. So never mind the fact that I may or may not be hung like a gnat, I would like to go outside in my underwear, no shirt, just underwear, tidy whities, and let my dog pee and come back in because how's that different than a girl... At a swimming pool with a two-piece bikini, or a guy that's wearing like a speedo in France, right? Like that's just, that's all I'm doing, man. I'm basically like, you know, you look at me and say I'm in the front yard in my tidy whities letting my dog pee. But to me, I'm like a French connoisseur, a guy that likes fine wines, fine cheeses. I, I like to enjoy a charcuterie plate with my friends. <laughs> like that's who I am as well. But when it comes to shoes, like I'm 35 and. You know, I don't mean any disrespect to my wife, but, like, we've closed that deal. It's legal. We're married. You said it would be forever. And I don't have anyone to impress. And I would like to give my wife the satisfaction and the comfort to know that no other woman would ever look at me in a sexual way. But also... I would like to be comfortable in my life. So why would I want to go to the garage, put my shoes on, bend over, tie the shoes, put the shoes on, and then walk out the door when I could walk outside with a tube sock, pulled all the way up past my calf so my legs stay warm, and then I could just slide a crock on, not have to Velcro anything, not have to tie anything, and just walk out the door. It's so easy. You know how I wash my Crocs? I have Crocs now, and I wear them everywhere with tube socks. We go to the grocery store. We go to Target. We go anywhere. I wear the Crocs with tube socks. And my wife always looks at me like, bro, you can't do that. But I'm like, I sure can. I just saved my back from bending over, right? She doesn't get mad at me if I wear the Crocs to Walmart because, well, (laughs) that's kind of the dress code at Walmart. But I, I I love the Croc, man. I love the Croc. I also love a Velcro shoe but I don't have a Velcro shoe yet, but I would want the team to give me Crocs because I like to live a life of luxury, man. I don't want to bend over. I'm trying to save my back and trying to give my wife the peace of mind to know that I'm not out there picking up other women because I've got bright orange Crocs on and a striped tube sock. It's the best thing ever, dude. Get on your Croc game, man. Fellas, don't let don't let society try to tell you how to dress. If you don't want a pompadour and you don't want to wear skinny chino pants, and you don't want to wear like a Henley with three buttons unbuttoned showing your chest muscles, maybe because you don't have chest muscles, guess what? Put on some sweatpants. No, 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 no. Put on some jean shorts. Get your tube socks, put on your Crocs, and live fanciful. Live fanciful, my friends. That's all I got to tell you about that. Oh, dude, I lied. Last request, fruit by the foot and fruit roll-ups in the clubhouse. I'm an after-school snack guy. When I get home from work, I have an after-school snack every day. Milk and cookies. I love to dip graham crackers in cookies. It's the greatest thing ever, dude. Um, after-school snacks. That's what I would want after every baseball game in the clubhouse. Okay, check this out, dude. Let's. What I want to talk about next? Man, you know, we could talk about Bryce Harper a little bit. Um, I've been at work a pretty decent amount doing not a lot of work. And so I've been reading some on Bryce Harper because I don't really want to do a lot of work. I mean, I, I, my, I've I, I got a salary, right? My work pays me a salary. So, you know, this isn't incentive based. I get paid the same no matter what. So what I have really figured out is if I write, I have a job where I write for a living, write words. I work for a retail clothing company. Um, they wanted me to work there because well, I have great style If you just listen to the croc segment, you would know that I have great style. And I figured out, like, if I write really quick in a quarter of the amount of time and then the other three quarters of the time, I just read about baseball and write about baseball, I get paid the same amount than I did if I took my time writing for fashion and then only looked at baseball a quarter percent of the time right like i don't get commissioned man i get paid the same no matter what so huh, i'm deleting my web browser history every day when i leave work i'll tell you that kid let's hope IT's not watching because they would be like what the hell does this guy do all day also pro tip if you want to get off of work for a day and you've got a few buddies that you work with that would all maybe like to go share a beer pro tip pull the fire alarm if you pull a fire alarm it's only a thousand dollar fine If you've got three buddies and you split that, maybe you got five buddies and you split that thousand dollars five ways, hell, it might be worth a day off of work. I personally think it is. You know, if you can start a small fire in your office building if you want to, (laughs) uh, shit, just make sure that like it doesn't hurt anyone or burn the building down. But yeah, pull the fire alarm, thousand dollar fine. Start a small fire in your office, your building, if you have to, and it'll get you out of work for the day. Just make sure you don't get caught lighting the small fire because that's like a felony if you talk about arson. It's not really a good thing. You can't put it on your resume and you might get fired from your job. This segment is for entertainment purposes only. That's a legal thing just to cover our bases, but lights the fuck on fire. Uh, dude, so check it, man. So this whole Bryce Harper thing is super weird, man. So we had heard, like, in weeks past that the uh, the ownership of the Washington Nationals, like the Lerner family, they're pretty much like, dude, we uh, we made Bryce our best offer, and he probably ain't coming back. Like, we don't see that happening, but as this thing unfolds, we kind of figure out that possibly the Washington Nationals made him an offer bigger than 10 years and $300 million. and as the MLB hot stove, the trade market's kind of shaken down, we realize that there aren't a lot of teams out there willing to give Bryce Harper, like, the 10-year, 12-year, 13-year, 14-year mega deal. That's what MLB trade rumors had. Bryce Harper at a 14-year mega deal at, like, four and a quarter, damn near yeah, $425 million. And it it doesn't really look like that that's going to happen. So as it sits right now, it seems to be that the Washington Nationals are the favorite to bring back Bryce Harper. I I would have never thought that to happen because the Lerner family and kind of Mike Rizzo were all just sort of like, he's probably not going to come back. So let's just start signing guys. And, you know, they paid Patrick Corbin a bunch of money. So you figured that it was a $160 million deal, something, for Corbin. It's kind of like, oh, well, Bryce probably not coming now. Like, let's fortify the positions that we need. But I, I think the Nationals might be the favorite to bring Harper back. Okay, so today, January 12th, Philadelphia, the Phillies, they're John Middleton. He's like the owner, all the GMs, all that stuff or whatever. So they're flying to Las Vegas, and they're going to hang out with old Bryce Harper and see if he wants to be a Philly. They're going to talk the talk and see about um, – Maybe we'll see if the Phillies are going to spend stupid money or not. We really don't know. To me, that's the quote of the offseason is John Middleton straight up like, listen, bro, we're about to spend stupid money. And if you're a Phillies fan, you got to love that, dude. And I love what the Phillies have done, man, since they've kind of like completed the rebuild. I know this offseason, they haven't been shy about, you know, making moves and doing stuff. And they weren't last year either. You know, last year they came out of the gate, signed Carlos Santana pretty quick. They ended up scooping up Jake Arrieta. So the team's kind of proven, like, that they're not really going to sit back and wait for things to happen. But with Bryce Harper, that's kind of been the case because his market, you know, kind of has to unfold. Because the weird thing about Bryce— As he was expected, I mean, I think if you looked at Bryce Harper's free agency, you know, the upcoming free agency three or four years ago, you would say to yourself, dude, like, every team's going to be just, you know, fighting to get this kid, man, because, you know, obviously we all know about his historic, like, 2015 season MVP and the whole shebang, but as this whole thing's kind of, you know, played out, it's kind of like, man, there aren't really a lot of teams that are sort of jumping out for Bryce Harper, you know, maybe – you know, I think about three or four weeks ago, myself included, we were just all like, dude, the Dodgers are going to do it. Like the Dodgers went Yasiel Puig and some other guys, man. Matt Kemp, Dodgers cleaned out their outfield. They're ready for it. But it turns out that maybe the Dodgers, they don't want to sign a dude for maybe longer than five years. And I think, you know, they they knew, I know the Dodgers were going to move Yasiel Puig at the end of this season anyway. It's like that thing just really wasn't going to work. And like, getting, moving Matt Kemp, I think is totally cool because his value really wasn't likely to be any higher than what it was at the end of this season because I think Matt Kemp's phenomenal season last year with the Dodgers, I, I don't think that's going to be what we see from Matt Kemp this year. Maybe when he goes to Cincinnati, because, you know, the Reds, that's a, that's a hitter's ballpark, dude, so he can go there and probably yoke pretty good, but I'm pretty sure the Dodgers, uh, rightfully so, were probably pretty pretty correct when they were like, we ain't going to get this out of Matt Kemp in 2019, so let's just move in and get something. So I don't really think the Dodgers are screwed if they don't sign Bryce Harper because those were moves they sort of needed to make anyway. I look at the Dodgers. I sort of question them getting rid of Alex Wood, man. He's got such an obnoxious delivery, and I think it's really deceiving for a hitter. So I, I like Alex Wood as a pitcher. Like, if my team's playing the Dodgers... And Alex Woods pitching. I'm not super cool with that, man, because he's, he's a good pitcher, dude, and his, uh, his motion is wild, man. But so he's going to meet with Philly today, man. So they're down in Vegas. And it's almost like if I'm saying this right now, who are the favorites to get Bryce Harper? It's got to be the Washington Nationals and the Philadelphia Phillies because I really can't think of another team that's going to do it. I know there were some insiders on the south side of Chicago that seem to be pretty confident in their knowledge when they say the White Sox are not going to sign Bryce Harper for any longer than seven years. Like, And that quote actually might have been said about Manny Machado, but either way, dude, we know the White Sox don't want a 10-year deal. Like, they want no part of it. And I feel like I can eliminate the Chicago White Sox because the Phillies will beat the White Sox if this if a Bryce Harper signing were to turn into a drag race, Philly will beat the White Sox in that signing. They just will because I think Philly looks better because this is a contract that And I think the, the I love the Chicago White Sox, man, dude. Like, when I'm not watching Cubs ball, I watch White Sox ball, dude. Like, I love what the White Sox have going on. And I think Rick Hahn's really good to the White Sox GM. I think he's really good at what he's done and the tactics, you know, that he's, uh, he's completed, man, to really get this thing done. But we know that when Philly is on, that's a sports town that's a wild, rambunctious, all-about-their-sports sports town, dude. So if you imagine... Bryce Harper in October in the city getting behind this October team. Dude, Bryce Harper is going to be on a stage where he can be remembered. And I do know this because of how Philly played last year. That's more of a sure bet, and it's more it's more predictable. I would say if you've watched Phillies baseball and White Sox baseball, there's more faith and more certainty, and there's not a lot of it in baseball prospects, but there's more certainty in what the Phillies have going on When Bryce Harper is going to sign a 10, maybe a 10 plus year contract to know, hey, I'm about to put my pen to paper right here and commit to this team for a really long time. I just want to know that what I'm giving them, which is the next 10 years of the only baseball career I'm ever going to have, that they're going to give back to me equally. And I think that's the case. And when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, Reese Hoskins didn't have a great offensive season last year. Um, And other players, they have whatever, like they're still young. But I look at the Phillies, man, and two of the things I like, actually one of the things I like is Aaron Nola, man. Right, Aaron Noah is a stud, he's an ace, he's a number one. He could easily be the National League Cy Young winner in 2019. He could have in 2018 if the Phillies made the postseason. There there's not a pitcher man the impact that Aaron Noah made on this Philadelphia team and when you've got a horse like that at the top of the rotation, that's something you can build around and that's something that's going to influence these players coming up knowing that they got that number one guy, you know, and Having a really good number one guy like that at the top of the rotation is gonna affect the rest of the rotation and then go down to all the other players in the clubhouse, man, because you look at all these great rotations that won World Series titles, whether it's all those Atlanta Braves teams or you know, the St. Louis Cardinals have always had good horse starters. Or if you look at like, you know, what the Los Angeles Dodgers had getting to the postseason with like Granke and Kershaw and those sorts of things, you know um cuz you know the Dodgers had a phenomenal pitching staff in 2017 when they made the World Series and then you look at like the Houston Astros and the Chicago Cubs of 2016 and you're like dude a lot of this does start with pitching you know like look at the, what the Washington Nationals are doing getting you know what they did with Scherzer and Strasburg and getting Patrick Corbin in the offseason right there's a certain amount like when you've got this starting rotation that can really do damage on the mound and preventing runs and just dominating the other team's offense. Like, that does a lot for your offense that you're working with, and it really truly does a lot of times start with that pitching staff as far as lighting the match under this thing and get it going. So I, I love the fact that the Phillies have Aaron Nola. That tells me a lot about them, and I love what the Phillies have going on. You know, it's one of the more interesting things i would read over the past couple of days, you know, when I was at work slacking off, was that because Mike Trout's a Philly guy and, you know, from like New Jersey, like 45 minutes from Philadelphia, that maybe because that's sort of Trout's area, maybe that Bryce Harper wouldn't go there. And I, I don't know that that's the case, man. You know, like I read that in an article, and that's like – I don't necessarily know that that would make Bryce Harper say no to $300-plus plus million because there's – There's no way that, like, I mean, there's no guarantee that Mike Trout would ever go to Philadelphia. So, like, I get the logic, like, when LeBron James didn't sign with the Bulls because that's, like, Michael Jordan's house. But, like, Michael Jordan's already played there and won six titles. Mike Trout's never played in Philly, even though he's a big Philly sports fan. And, I mean, I guess the worst-case scenario, if Bryce Harper signs with the Phillies, what, are they going to not like him? No, of course they're going to love him, dude, because he's going to bring them, like, a lot of good playoff runs. So the worst thing that could happen if Bryce Harper signs with Philly is Mike Trout signs with Philly a couple years later. Like, that's not a bad thing, dude. Like, I mean, that's that's a historic team. Like, baseball doesn't necessarily work like basketball where Kyrie Irving doesn't want to play under LeBron James. I'm pretty sure, like, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig did pretty good playing with each other, right? They may not like each other, but those names were both pretty well remembered. So I, th- I think that would be fine. But for, like, a lot of those reasons, man, I I immediately eliminate the Chicago White Sox because of the Philadelphia Phillies because they are even though I think Phillies got an upper hand as far as what they're working with as far as the team's concerned and young guys coming up and you've got the more certainty there but I th- I think the White Sox and the Phillies are very comparable and the plate of food that they offer you, right? But, but Philly can offer more money man. So Philly for sure is in the running and then with the what the Washington Nationals dude, the Washington Nationals, I love 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 what they're doing man. In this day and age where teams want to tank and not compete so much, especially what happened with the Washington Nationals last year going 82 and 80, what did they do as soon as the offseason hit? They put the pedal to the metal man. And I I think I think that the Washington Nationals are fully ready to sign Bryce Harper and go over the luxury tax for a third year in a row where that penalty escalates. They're just not afraid to spend money. And I love that about what the Washington Nationals are doing, right? And if you look at that one, that's phenomenal for the fan base because the fan base can sit back and say, dude, we don't have owners that don't want to spend money, right? We have owners that are all about spending that money. And the fans see that the team sees that and guess what bryce sees that right so bryce knows that if he signs with the washington nationals he loves dc right and dc loves bryce back but bryce knows he's never gonna be in a situation like jt real muto's in or a situation like john stanton's in right that might be the perfect comparison when Stanton signs this 13-year, 300, $325 million contract, then his team sells off. And all of a sudden, John Carlos Stanton's like, man, I'm really not in the best position right now. To like, what, what the hell am I doing? Like, I just told these guys I'd play here for 13 years, and th- they're ripping the carpet out from under me, right? Like, what, what are we doing? And when you look at Bryce Harper and the Washington Nationals, he's going to know like, I'm never going to be in that situation If I re-sign with the Washington Nationals, because that's not their MO. That's not what they do. They've never done it. And they're proving over and over again that they're not going to do it right. Like the Washington Nationals could have easily shit the bed, said, we finished 82 and 80. Let's trade some stuff off, right? The Washington Nationals didn't do it. So far this offseason, they've had a Kyle Barraclough, who's a really good reliever from the Marlins, Brian Dozier for a super cheap one-year contract who has a potential because, I mean, career – Brian Dozier had a bad 2018. He's a good dude. He's a good second baseman. That could pay dividends on a one-year $9 million that they got him. Jan Gomes, good catcher. Obviously, they signed Patrick Corbin, Kurt Suzuki, Trevor Rosenthal, who was a phenomenal – Closer for the St. Louis Cardinals. Throws over 100. He can get guys out. Anibal Sanchez, who had a renaissance season with the Braves last year, and then they got Matt Adams back, dude. So that's what I'm saying, man, where you can meet with the Phillies, dude, but there's so much certainty in what the Washington Nationals could provide Bryce Harper. But, again, you kind of have to figure. You hope that if the conversation's here because here's what could do it, right? You get all this certainty, With the Washington Nationals, because Bryce is saying, they're never going to tank, bro. Like, I'm good. I can play with this team. And probably the majority, of all of my 10 years, are going to be competitive, right? So here's what could happen with the Phillies. The Phillies did a full teardown, right? Now, the Phillies are a big market that just did a full teardown. I don't believe, and this could be conveyed to Bryce Harper and Scott Boris in the meetings when they meet in Las Vegas today, January 12th, that this rebuild— could be a one-time only thing similar to like what the Chicago Cubs have done or you know when Theo Epstein went into the Boston Red Sox he didn't do a full rebuild like what he did with the Cubs but he traded off guys like Nomar Garcia Parra signed guys like Kevin Millar where it's like what the hell's going on man and now because you kind of had like Theo, go in there once and fix this thing up. The Boston Red Sox will never be a team that are going to have to strip down and rebuild to continue to compete. It's almost like, listen, let's look at the situation we have. Let's hit the reset button once, like like on our Nintendo, and then let's create something that can be sustainable. And I would not be surprised if a lot of the conversation that the Phillies have with Bryce Harper today is, listen, we did a full rebuild right we were losing a lot of games for a long time but this was essentially a one and done thing for us to really build a system that is sustainable for the long term so because we've done this and sort of hit the reset button on any sort of bad deals and contracts we had and built and developed this farm system we are now set for the next 10 years so we can offer you 10 years of competitive baseball as opposed to maybe a team like the Kansas City Royals, because they're in a small market, who might have to hit the reset button more often because they can't pay guys big bucks. But the Philadelphia Phillies are in a big market, and once they hit that reset button once, they can offer competitive teams for 10 plus years because of their market, because of their revenue, because of their fan base that really shows up when the team's winning. Now, I don't fault a fan base for not coming to the ballpark when the team's in the middle of a rebuild because it's like, I mean, they're just rebuilding. They're going to win 70 games this year. I'll just watch the game from home. Like, that's totally fine. I don't, I have no disrespect for that whatsoever because Cubs fans get a lot of that crap because now Cubs fans are really turning up everywhere. And the fact of the matter is, hell, there ain't much to celebrate when you're losing 100 games a year, you know? And... The Philly fan base is huge, so that in itself could support this rebuild that we've just seen with the Phillies. So I would say right now, man, if you're looking at the two teams right now that are in the running for Bryce Harper, I feel like it's down to the Philadelphia Phillies and the Washington Nationals. And, you know, this thing, it's, you know, it's not going to last long. Bryce Harper is not going to be a free agent for much longer. I guess if I had to guess... I would say – so today is January 12th is when I'm recording the podcast. There's no way this time next week he – I I believe Bryce Harper will sign with the team this week. That might be far-fetched. That might be completely crazy. I think Bryce signs this week, man. I think Bryce understands that a lot of what we saw last year was guys were signing late and they were shaky out of the gate, man, kind of had off seasons because – their off season wasn't so much turmoil. They didn't know where they were going. They got to spring training lake. I think Bryce understands that and he's gonna need to be in spring training in thirty days. And I think he probably just wants to know where he's gonna go so he can mentally prepare for that and have a really good season because last season wasn't exactly what Bryce wanted. So I think the deal does get done this week, you know? At least that's what my sources tell me, which are me at work in front of my computer Bored as can be and not doing any work. But that's it, dude. I'm going to wrap this show up, man. We're a minute 44. If I record this thing any longer, you'll probably shut me off if you haven't already. Dude, thank you so much for listening, dude. Remember, get your free stickers. Sticker packs are yours. Leave us a review. Facebook, Google Play, and iTunes. Leave us a review. Get your sticker pack. Sean, yours is out on the way, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You guys have a phenomenal, shoot, have a phenomenal week. Have a phenomenal rest of the weekend, and take care.